Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Bronwyn. How's it going? Uh, it's going good, actually. I, um, I'm really enjoying the palpable feeling of the change of seasons. We're in Scorpio season full on now, right? And yeah. you can actually, there's been a shift in the weather. It's so much cooler and breezier. And uh, yeah, I really feel autumn coming now. Well, I feel like we're in the middle of autumn. There's no question about it. And yeah. it's my favorite season. Yeah, autumn is here. We're in the thick of it with Scorpio season. And what's the wallpaper for us astrologically? There are a few interesting things that happen this week that we're kind of probably going to be feeling in our systems. Uh, Venus is going to enter Libra and Mercury is going to enter Libra. So I don't know if y'all can feel that gearing up in your bodies, but I definitely feel it in mine. We have this full moon coming that's going to be pretty um, rock and roll. <laughs> On Saturday, that's on Halloween on the 31st. Uh, that's a full moon in Taurus. And I think that we're going to start to feel those vibrations probably around like Thursday. It's the middle of the lunar cycle. So it's a culmination period. And you can find it, you can kind of feel that energy growing, like sort of towards an apex. Yeah. So Every full moon is that culmination point in the monthly lunar cycle, but it's also, if you look at the longer lunar gestational cycles, uh, we can look at a two and a half year period. So we look at the new moon 18 months ago in Taurus. And I'm bringing that one up because that was a particularly potent new moon. If we look back to the beginning of May, 2019, um, depending on your chart, you may feel that strongly or not, but whatever was beginning then, is culminating now. And I remember that new moon that pulled in some powerful energies. And I'm really feeling that, that that is part of what makes this full moon feel extra big is that longer lunar gestational cycle and the bigness of that beginning lunation in, in May of 2019. So, we've got Luke Uranus as well. So... A question about that too. I know that you are um, you have a stellium of planets in Taurus. Thank do you? Do. Yeah. So I think that you might be particularly sensitive to that. Do you think that other fixed signs like Leo, Aquarius, Scorpio, and the Taurians are going to be feeling this full moon a little bit more intensely? Absolutely. Especially if you have placements in the in the first ten degrees of the fixed signs, you're really going to be feeling it. <clears throat> I have three planets in early Taurus. So yeah, <laughs> I'm receiving this moon right on my Jupiter. Um, but yeah, for anybody who's fixed and especially placements in early fixed, you're going to be feeling that intensity. And I think for us, us fixed signs anyway, that, that combination of fixed with the Uranian energy is extra challenging because temperamentally, we are the ones who, that hold up the middle of the story, right? We like things to kind of go along the same as they have been. That's, that's the brilliance of the fixed signs, but it also means that sometimes it takes us a little longer to assimilate change. And Uranus being the change bringer mixed into the strong fixed energy of this moon, it's going to be interesting. And I think it is important for people wherever they have those fixed placements to think about the willingness to change and how we all handle change a little bit differently and how we're really being challenged to change some fixed emotions and fixed notions. Right, like fixed behaviors. fixed behaviors. So here's a question for you. Since the 
planet of Venus is moving into Libra. That happens on Tuesday, and it's going to be in Libra through November 21st. Because Taurus is ruled by Venus, Mm -hmm. and Venus is in a sign that she really likes, the other sign that she really likes, how do you think that Venus is going to be helpful with this full moon in Taurus? Theoretically, Venus should be lending us lots of support this week, but it still feels like just because of all of the energy that's moving through. And I'm feeling this anyway with all things Taurus during this Uranus in Taurus time, that there's that sense of not quite being able to settle, that feeling like you can't quite sit down and get comfortable with your fixed stuff. I think it's a real mixed bag. I absolutely think that that Venus coming into one of her rulerships is going to help the situation out. It just is. She's been in a place where she's not that happy. And I think we might be feeling a a bit lighter. We might have more perspective. We might find there's a little bit more flow of communication, a little bit more flow of money in places where that might have been backlogged or stuck with the Mercury retrograde. But we may not have easy access to those Venusian qualities until maybe next week. You had a really interesting observation about Venus moving into Libra and how that might be showing up. Well, the thing with that is that on the day that Venus moves into Libra, again, that's a Tuesday, the 27th, Mercury in his slog backward through the Zodiac is going to be moving out of Scorpio and or into Libra on the other end. So Venus is at zero and Mercury is going to be at 29. So they're kind of coming together. And Venus being the ruler of Libra, Mercury in Libra, there's going to be a lot more attention on dialoguing in relationships. We've been working on our internal stuff, our deep shadow work with Mercury and Scorpio has taken us into our past to recognize where we have pain and hurt or guilt or just things that we've hidden sort of in the closet as like, you know, Scorpio likes to dive deep and investigate things, see what's under the hood, see what's in the depths and looks for the truth. When we have Mercury going into Libra, Libra doesn't like to make waves, right? Yeah. It uh, sometimes to the detriment of its own self will keep the peace at any cost without communicating clearly. It'll be like, oh yeah, everything is okay. Um, And now Mercury is moving backwards in the sign of that. So it's about reconsidering our values in relationship and what is more important, like keeping the peace or finding our own personal self and our own and voicing our own personal truth in relationships. So I think that we're going to need to be very cautious about projecting those things that we discovered in on earth when mercury was in scorpio now that it's moving to libra we might not want to take ownership of what we've discovered and there might be a little bit of projection outward yeah it's really it's really interesting timing it just made me think of that whole hot potato thing like we've just unearthed some challenging truths right and it's an unfortunate psychological truth that often when we look at that, the first thing that we want to do is toss it somewhere else. That's just <laughs> yes. a little bit of a hot potato with those unearthed um, truths. Yeah. But is that, do you think that's just temporary as we, we go through the sort of bumpy transits of this week and that in the coming weeks for the rest of Venus's journey through Libra, we might 
have the opportunity to work with that and do that Libran thing of going back and forth with it and getting some insight so that we're not just projecting? I think this week and into next week might be a little bit difficult to come to that favorable air sign bird's eye view because Mercury is going to be square to Saturn. Right. So there's going to be a little bit of um, resistance perhaps in communication and partnerships, maybe because Mercury is retrograde, there might be a little withholding. Right. But I think that once we get past this uh, full moon in Taurus, like you were saying that Venus is going to have a little bit more clarity. Yeah. Yeah, and a little bit more opportunity. Yeah, I definitely sort of. see that possibility. I wonder what you think about this. If I were to take a positive take on that Mercury square Saturn, is one use of that, if we're really conscious of it, the possibility of creating a container for communication? Yeah, there's an interesting aspectual relationship because they're squared, but also dignity related. In, a, in traditional astrology, there's a system of planets that like to be in certain signs. And uh, Mercury is in a sign that exalts Saturn and his dedication and commitment to maintaining good boundaries and creating a solid foundation. So even though Saturn is square to Mercury, Mercury is receiving the lessons from Saturn and actually taking them to heart, right? And I think, and Venus is also receiving Saturn too. They're not in aspect yet. Well, they're in an out of sign trine, but they're still communicating. So there is some benefit from this, but we know one of the keywords for Saturn is, is work and this sort of like tenacity and longevity and commitment. So it's not entirely pleasant, like much of the year hasn't been, but we're really, we're really being provided an opportunity for like some true and sincere deep growth. Yeah. Yeah. What if we were willing to really take on those Saturnian qualities and stay and be strong and commit? Do you think that would open up the possibility for the best use of that, of the Mercury Venus in Libra. So we can move from negative projection into um, at least opening a space for truthful communication. Right. Like a space for dialogue. Yeah. I feel like it's tenuous and that we have to work hard at it, but that there is a window of opportunity there for powerful communication if both parties can and you know that term holding space is kind of overused and I see it in this context as literally being like using that Saturnian effort to really keep the space open like it's gonna take some real effort and courage to open up that space and to not do that easier thing of just throwing the hot potato but I think there's a possibility I know we're kind of having to dig deep to find the positives in these transits, but I think they are there. And again, it's just that Saturn thing of it requiring a lot of internal strength and structure. And hopefully we have learned some of that over the course of this year, and we can begin to apply it when things get sketchy in conversation and dialogue and relationship this week. 
Well, yeah, and things are going to get sketchy because we're having that full moon. So that's the sun mm. in Scorpio that is opposed to Uranus and Taurus. And the moon is also in Taurus. So it could be like more surprising. You know, we've been seeing this as a theme throughout the year. It's like yeah, shocks and surprises, surprise news. Surprise. Yeah, 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 in the news. And so holding this space and trying to contain this dialogue. If you are too rigid in what you're receiving or hearing from other people, that's going to be sort of like blown wide open. Yep. Like this is, this is not the time to like try and like hide and sort of like make peace for peace sakes <laughs> because there, this is like the, a major exposure transit, this full moon so, that we're having. That was going to yeah. be my in action. Go hide. I'm I'm kind of kidding but yeah I mean what you just said was brilliant it's like radical exposure right and it's the willingness to be vulnerable and to hold that space open even in our vulnerability and Uh, that's the great thing about it actually happening in fixed signs though because fixed signs are tenacious and steadfast and persistent Yep. And we're, we're going to need to rely on that. So yeah. just because you get um, some surprise news that kind of rocks your boat a little bit, it doesn't mean that it, that's an excuse to, to take off and like just, you know, disappear. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really serious. Like we're giggling a little bit about that, but I think. We, we have to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that impulse to disappear. I've been. I've been hearing that from more than a few people over the last couple of weeks. And I, I completely honor that, that the pressure is really on and we're all thinking about our escapes. And we were talking about this too, before we came on about the necessity for escape in small doses and how we really have to watch that balance. Again, it can feel the Libra coming, right? It really is about maintaining that balance. We do need to step back and, and move into escape a little bit in small doses, just, I think, to, to not be fully exhausted by this. I think that part of the, the need to escape that you've been hearing from other people, and I've been experiencing myself since I spent, I don't know, 20 hours last week listening to fiction um, <laughs> and taking walks, just escaping into, you know, a world with five gods. Yeah. Um, is because the nodes are squared in Neptune right now. Yeah. So there is a lot of the opportunity to, you know, this morning I took a nice long bath and put some orange oil in it yeah. just to, as a lift up and a boost, just to honor the Neptunian. And, and it's Pisces moon today. So Pisces moon and the moon is going to conjunct Neptune in the wee hours of um, Monday night, early Tuesday morning. I think it's a great time to use that stream of Neptunian energy coming through when that conjunction happens while we're sleeping, it can be really beautiful. You can have really important dreams come through. And that's also sextiling Pallas Athena, right? In Capricorn, who's been, she's been kind of holding up the rear of this whole contingent in Capricorn and lending her, her courage and her strategy to this hard work that we've been doing. So I think there's something really magical and special about that moon conjunct, that monthly aspect of the moon conjunct at Neptune this time in that that dreaminess had, because of the relationship with Pallas Athena, there's, there's an open channel to bring that into reality and begin to strategize about making these bigger dreams into a reality. So 
there's a purpose to some of these escape hatches. It's really important to know your Neptune and to know the shadow Neptune tendencies that you have. And by that, I mean, know what your negative escapes are and to think about making use of your positive escapes. You mean a negative escape like food or drink or smoke or sex or even extra exercise sometimes? Anything obsessive or compulsive yeah. or addictive that um, it's the you know, human tendency to fall into those as escapes. And really any of our Neptunian beauties can turn into addiction. It's sort of that place where Neptune turns. So just to be aware of that place in yourself, not in a self-punishing way, but just to keep an eye on yourself, especially if, if you know those are big risk factors then <laughs> like um the great british cooking show <laughs> oh, right sorry <laughs> i'm gonna go watch like three episodes of that instead of doing my writing yeah <laughs> that's positive neptune no exactly like that like whether it's a great british cooking show or something more dangerous more serious again we're just right like right on that edge yeah i've been a little binge watching lately too but i also like was listening to some jazz and just got like the first kind of real craving for a cocktail that I've had for over a year. So you're really feeling that Neptune coming in and just knowing yourself and knowing where your own shadows are with that stuff. And also knowing how to activate positive Neptune, because just to get back to that conjunction, I think that there's a window here for channeling some of that positive Neptune, some of those big, unattainable-seeming dreams, some of that that really rich uh, spiritual beauty, and bringing it strategically into your life. And that's one of the grace notes of the week, is these two days, today, Monday, and tomorrow, Tuesday, when we've got that moon in Pisces, and that Neptune conjunction can use Pallas Athena as a way to bring that into our lives. Yeah. Do you think we should give people a heads up about Wednesday and Thursday as the moon like ingresses into Aries? Big heads up. Simply to give some reminders and some cautions. What would your cautions be? Well, I'm just thinking of the feeling of a moon in Aries, especially while Venus is going to be in Libra, they're going to be opposing immediately when the moon goes into Aries, she's going to be opposing Venus. Mm-hmm. And um this can be like hurt feelings or, hey, what about me? And yeah. because it's ruled by that Mars in retrograde, which has, you know, been a thorn in our side all year, pretty much. We're going to be feeling that emotional volatility to like um, strike out and sort of you might be feeling a little heated up about something or frustrated or want to like, I don't know, slam a cupboard in the kitchen or a little tantrum action there. Yeah. I don't know. And- Chiron's looped into this. Yeah. So it can be like hurt feelings. You can take something extra, extra personally, which wasn't intended to slight you. So my advice might be that it's not about you. It could be good to just do, you know, take, take five deep breaths. If you can remember when you're feeling your feelings, because a moon in Aries feels all the feels very intensely and acutely almost instantaneously and usually cools off after about 10 minutes when they regain their balance but it's going to take a second and it might strike some deeper chords if it's the moon is going to be conjunct chiron also 
yeah, it, might, what, it yeah. might go back to like old hurts from the, the time that somebody shoved you in a playground and called you a name. Like 30 years later, you're projecting it onto someone else. Exactly. Yeah. So know your triggers. Know your triggers because it's likely that there will be an activation of that. That's on Wednesday and then staying there until Thursday. And then, you know, on Thursday, it's going to be squaring all the Capricorn planets. Yes. So it's a good day to be careful. Just be extra careful with your body. Be careful in traffic. Be careful of your temper. Watch your head in every sense of that phrase. Watch that you don't lose your head temperamentally. Go slow. Be cautious. Be aware that other people in the world around you are also going to be losing their heads. Yeah, that's exactly it. As the other people in the world don't have the tool of astrology to guide their lives. So we can be keeping an eye out for it and not reacting like Aries loves to do, especially with the retrograde Mars, to other people's um, volatile emotions. Yeah. So if somebody like cuts you off in traffic or like grabs the last, I don't know, juice box in the grocery store. <laughs> it's right around you. Breathe on you and grab that juice box. So. <laughs> Take it easy. Be the one in the room who's not losing your temper. Right. It's your turn to be the adult in the equation. Yes, Definitely. It's your turn to be the adult for all of us. Again, with this transit on Wednesday, I was seeing a little window of opportunity for healing that opposition to Venus. I think if we can play it right and, again, open up that space to embrace our vulnerability and hold that, be aware of the trigger, hold the feeling, work through it, breathe through it, then Chiron can play his best role Mm. as an internal healer and mentor. So it's not all bad news. It's not just all about the pain. There really is, as always with Chiron, that other side of the opportunity to mentor oneself through the pain into healing. I um, was thinking about the whole combination of uh, planets moving into Libra and then that moon in Aries this week. And I wanted to use that stone, this stone called Blue Lace Agate. And it's really good for people who have trouble feeling heard by others or who need confidence to articulate their truths. Well, I use blue lace agate because I definitely have a fear of speaking in public. Blue lace agate feels really good for getting grounded in your thoughts and words and pulling yourself together to be able to like articulate something. The thing um, with blue lace agate too is that sometimes people who are not well-versed in using their voices, um, might be unable to stop talking or they don't think before they speak or they speak without uh, recognizing the consequences of their words. And I think that that is on deck because of that full moon when surprise information comes out, because we don't want to like eviscerate or lacerate people with our words, right? No. So Blue Lace Agate works really well for um, those unexpected thoughts that come out of your mouth unfiltered. I love that. I think that'll be a beautiful support. It's also just aesthetically such a beautiful stone. And I like, I like that for Venus and Libra because we're, we're being supported by beauty as well. I, I chose a flower essence Heather for some of the same reasons because Heather, I think Heather's a good support for anybody with strong Libra placements because it's for that space, that Libra and space we get into where we're having a hard time knowing what's coming from us and what's coming from other people. And it helps us to go into ourselves for trust and experience less need 
for outer validation in order to attain balance. So I think that's going to be really supportive as we get this challenged Libra energy coming in. I think that'll help us to find our center and to know when to balance with others and when to rely on self. So that's uh, the Bach flower essence, Heather. I need to get me some of that. <laughs> um, for the essential oil this, this week, I was thinking about thieves oil because it has a lot of the properties of all of the planets that we're working with. We're trying to like increase our solar vitality. So thieves oil has lemon and rosemary and cinnamon in it beloved spices, beloved scents of the sun. And it has clove to work with Mars and it has eucalyptus to work with Mercury. So we're kind of um, combining the clarifying and uplifting energies of the sun and Mercury together with that. So I thought that thieves oil was really good. And it's also antimicrobial. Yeah. um, It it was said that it, it was used to fight the plague. So yeah, so, yeah. But I'm definitely not. Not, we're, not that we're condoning that. Yeah, it's not going to save us. Wear, wear, wear your mask. I love that for the way it, it draws in a number of different planetary supports. And it also has a, such an um, internally cleansing and stimulating quality to it. I love that. And with the cinnamon and clove, it's kind of a seasonal scent too. Yeah, you get the cozy fall vibes. And then um, I was looking at mugwort. It's called also called Artemisia for our Halloween special herb because it helps with dreams and visions. It's like a, a drinking it as a tea or putting it in a dream sachet can help bring visions, but it also serves as a protection herb. So people used to hang it in their doorways or their rafters for protection from witches and the devil. Um, So if you're looking to do a little like dream work with your ancestors or dive into the subconscious when the veil between the living and the dead is supposedly thinnest this Halloween, use um, a little bit of mugwort to aid you in your journey and and give you a little protection. Excellent. Excellent. I love that you've chosen an herb to honor the holiday. And the yin action that I chose is also to honor this holiday, this time, Samhain, when the veils are thin between the worlds. And in many different cultures, we take the time to connect with ancestors. So that's going to be my suggestion is invoking ancestral support. I think just willy-nilly opening up to connect with the the those who have gone beyond not a good plan but to intentionally ask for the help of those in your lineage whether it's your biological lineage or your lineage of faith to ask for the support of the loving and good and compassionate ones at this time when they can really reach out to you and support you it's very very powerful So that's what I'm going to suggest for the in action to do that in whatever way fits with your traditions. Yeah. But like, do you mean specifically requesting only assistance from those who have your best interests at heart? Absolutely. Always just, just as you would uh, dealing with living people, you want to invite people into your home and into your space Mm -hmm. that you trust, that, you know, hold your best interests at heart and that you have loving energy with. So same with those who have moved beyond. And this can be really simple, just lighting a candle, pulling out some old pictures of a beloved grandparent who always had your back, 
cooking a meal that belongs to your ancestors. So it doesn't have to be a big ritual, it can be a small acknowledgement. But yeah, I think that's the all important piece is keeping it, keeping it uh, to the helpful ones. So what do you think? Are we all wrapped up then? I think it's going to be a big week. I think we've given people a heads up on the most important things to keep an eye open for. And just looking back to make sure we didn't miss any important transits. But uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think we got it all. Yeah. So happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. And we'll see you next week.